Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, psychology grad student, spouse, mom, and advocate for change. On this podcast, I provide a space for women to share their stories. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today and enjoy the episode. Hello, my friends. This is just going to be a solo episode. If you aren't sure why there's more solo episodes, check out my episode called PhD something something on my podcast PhD. I don't remember. It was my brain is fried. I have spent the last couple days looking up PhD programs across the eastern United States uh, because I was told that you need to have at least a list of 10. That's the magic number if you want to get at least one yes. And so I'm like, um, but there's not 10 near Connecticut where they have professors that have similar interests of mine. So social psychology PhD, I was told, uh, you are, yes, applying to the program, but you are also applying to work with a specific professor. It's not really worth applying to if there is not a professor with a similar interest to yours because the chances of you getting in is... Slim to none. So I was like, uh, we're down to three near Connecticut because you're supposed to email professors, ask them if they're accepting students, la, 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 if they don't have it listed somewhere. So I did that and I kept getting, no, I'm not accepting students. No, I'm not getting accepted students. And I'm just like, oh my God, is anybody accepting students? So we branched out to... I think the the furthest north gone is Maine because my spouse said, no, we are not moving to Canada. So that was very disappointing to me because I like Canadians. And the furthest south is the University of Tennessee because he said he hates Florida. There's mosquitoes, hurricanes, and humidity. He may have to expand that if I get some nose that people aren't accepting students from the list of 10. And the furthest west is Indiana. So, yeah, it's been a, a time. I My interest is social psychology, um, specifically bias, stigma, prejudice, stereotypes, discrimination, intergroup relations, all those kind of things. Um, so I'm really pumped but also really nervous. Right now there's only four where I've confirmed there are professors taking students, four out of ten. So... Yeah, might have to expand that search a little, even into states I don't really want to ever live in again or in my lifetime, but there, or like expand the similarities a little bit more between professors. It might be like a little reach, but it can't be too much of a reach anyways. That's what I've been doing the last two days. So if my brain is not functioning, I hope you understand. So I was like, do I talk today about my mental illness struggles? I feel like I talked a lot about that on the podcast, and I may have actually done a whole solo episode about that previously. I actually may have done a solo episode on what I decided to talk about 
uh, which is church trauma. Um, I know I've mentioned it briefly. I may have done a solo episode at one point in time. We are at like 450 episodes or something like that. No, 350. I don't know. Again, brain, mush, 350, I think. And that's a lot to keep up with um, when people are like, oh, come on. And they're like, oh, yeah, my friend, you know, uh, co-worker, blah, 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 was on here. And I'm like, um, okay. Not that I don't purposely forget people, but that's a lot to keep track of. Out of 430 or 350, again, not completely here. Uh, there is probably, I would say at least 250, if not 300 episode interviews in that. That's a lot, y'all. That's a lot. Actually, no, it's probably more like 250 because I did, I had this like year where I was doing two podcast episodes a week. I was doing like an interview and then like a mini, like a Friday, uh, where I just talked about stuff. And of course, my interests have shifted a little bit. When I first started the podcast, I had a business, I was an entrepreneur, and now I am a social psychology researcher and grad student. Like it is, it has shifted. And part of that actually is this podcast is the reason. So not only my personal experiences, but like the experiences of the people I've interviewed. I was like, why is society like this? And the impacts it has on individuals is absolutely mind-blowing. So anyways, we are here. And I want to share about church trauma because I mentioned it. So I understand before people get really upset and say, there are good Christians. Yes, there are good Christians. I understand. I know lots of them. But I will tell you, 90% of the ones I have met are not. <laughs> My experiences with the Christian religion has not been positive. So trigger warning, before we get started, we will be talking about sexual assault in here. We will all up in here, probably other things as well. So if you're not up for that, there's 350 episodes out there. I'm sorry, every time I do a solo episode, my voice starts to crack up. This never used to be a problem. But, you know, after my thyroid surgery, I feel like my voice is just not where it used to be. And when I interview, I have the opportunity to, you know, take a break. But solo episodes don't work like that. Church trauma. I was baptized Catholic as a child because my grandmother at that time believed I was going to go to hell if I was not baptized. So I was baptized Catholic, even though my mom wasn't really going to church as much then. She had had some issues with, you know, judgment and stuff from, you know, the religion for her becoming a teen mom. And she got married to my dad before I was born so I wouldn't be a bastard and possibly go to hell for that. It was a great time. And I do remember when I was a kid, like going to mass you know, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, um, up, down, up, down. I didn't really go to like the kids churchy thing at the, at the Catholic church we went to. But at the time, my parent or my grandparents were really religious. And so we used to go. 
every holiday and non-holiday too. I mean, not every week, but there would be times that we'd go or there'd be a wedding or there would be, you know, whatever. So there wasn't really any negativity there except for the fact that like there was a lot of judgment. Um, And my grandmother actually, she had like, um, she has like some serious uh, health issues and she had to get permission from her priest to go on birth control so she wouldn't have any more kids. And then my mom came along because my grandmother was on some pretty heavy medications. I mean, really heavy medications, like barbiturates. It was kind of crazy. So anyways, the next thing I remember is we joined, I think it was a Presbyterian church. Oh, locally, it was like maybe 15 minutes from our house. It was actually enjoyable to a point. Um, as a kid, like I was really involved with the um, youth, you know, like or the little I was a little kid. I wasn't like a big kid. I was a little kid. I think we left this church when I was 10, 11. I don't remember. I don't think it was 12. So fifth grade, maybe? What would fifth grade be? 10? I think 10. Anyways, I think we left the church when I was 10 or 11. I don't remember. So anyways, here I am and um, having a good time, making lots of friends. I went to church camp, uh, but it all came crashing down. When we received a phone call one night and my mom's like really upset and she, we, I can hear like parts of the phone call and like weirdly now I know why I got this feeling like, oh shit, stuff is about to go down. So my mom turns to us and they, she says, did Uncle Donnie ever touch you guys inappropriately? Did he ever do anything inappropriate to you? And I was like, no, because now I know I bla- blocked it out because I, I did EMDR. And sh- I already knew something had happened. I always hated him. Like, as far as I can remember, I always hated him. I hated going with him because he used to take us bowling, but not together. My sister and I apart. So that should have been a warning sign. Like, why are you not taking us together? But like he told my parents, like, I just want quality time with the girls, like, you know, individually. And I remember him even buying me something at the gift store. I think in like a way of like, you know, convincing me not to say anything. But again, I blacked most of it out, but I knew something had happened. But I said no anyways. Because I don't remember like anything like very serious now. I've done EMDR and trust me, I know some shit went down. And my sister said no, but you could tell that she was lying. Um, and my sister's like, Are you sure? And she just start crying. She just start crying, she start breaking down. And then yes, yes, we found out he molested a lot of children, including a lot of children in our church. However, this is where the shady shit goes down. The church, despite him having molested quite a few kids in the church, 
backed him up. They raised money for his lawyer. They said he is a man of God and he would never do anything like this. Dude, this man was able to come up with a list of children who might testify against him. So please, please tell me how he's innocent. He's out. He's out. He got four years. I think it was four years in county jail. That was what he was. And he got out on two years. Good behavior. Or it was like eight years. And he got out in four years. Good behavior. I don't know. He got out relatively early. They sentenced him to county jail because they were afraid of what would be done to him in prison. Dude, let it be done to him in prison. The dude, like, fucked up a bunch of kids. Like, hello? The the whole justice system when it comes to child molestation and rape and stuff, it's such a broken system. It's, it's absolutely baffling to me that these people can get away with a slap on the wrist. So anyways, that happened. A lot of people left the church. Mind you, he was a child pastor and he was one of the counselors at the church I went or not church the church camp I went to yeah this is some serious this guy had access to a lot of kids and yet these good Christians uh backed him up like who does that he's a man of God he would never do that please please a lot of the child molesters that I, like, not I've no, personally known, but I've known of. Like, I've known people who, you know, were molested as children were men of God. Actually, I'm pretty sure we did an episode where she was talking about how her grandfather, who molested her, was a man of God. And he was backed up by the town and stuff. It's so ridiculous, really, that these people can get away with this. So then my next weird experience, I think I was 12 and I went to a church camp and I couldn't sleep in the bunks with like the the girl like the older girls because I wasn't 13, so I had to sleep in like in where the adults were sleeping. And I remember like this 17-year-old and 18-year-old at the camp fighting over me. And now as an adult, I'm like, that is gross. I was 12. I was barely developed. And that's like a big ass difference. Like, that's a big ass difference in maturity. But also like, gross. So I'm like, and nobody batted an eye. Like, none of the counselors were like, this is inappropriate. Uh, Side note, speaking of mental illnesses. People should have known I had one. I had a like a breakdown when I was there and just sat in the middle of the lawn saying I wanted to die. I just wanted to like dig myself a hole and bury myself and die. I was 12. Okay. Y'all, I had some issues, but people didn't. They kind of just ignored it and just like laughed it off. Like nobody helped me. Anyways, it was very weird that nobody did anything about that. So then I moved to Florida, and this is where shit gets weird, okay? Gets weird. <laughs> Mind you, all these years, I also saw adults being hypocritical and hateful and, like, you know, I had to read the Bible a lot as a kid. I probably read that sucker in full at least five times. 
And so even as a child, I could pick up on the hypocrisy. Like, why does the Bible say this, but you're doing this? And why is it okay for these people to cheat on their spouse, even though it's one of the commandments? You don't do that. But that's cool. But gay people are horrible. Like, these are the kind of things that just absolutely baffle me. Like, Jesus died for our sins, but you're going to tell me I'm going to hell. It is great not it very hypocritical. And that's only just increased. So I get to Florida and I meet this friend and her mom is a pastor, super religious. And I started going to church with them. I actually started going to church a lot with a bunch of different friends because it was one in Florida. There's a lot of churches. Okay, y'all. And in my high school, that's where like they had a youth night and that's where everybody went and that's where all the cool kids were. So you know, I went to church a lot. It was, it was like a way of belonging, y'all. Like, it, it, you know, I, I wanted to belong to something. This little broken kid who like, or teenager who's going through all these issues, including I had definitely developed bipolar disorder at that point in time. Lots of issues. And this is where the brainwashing begins. So I remember my friend's mom, like, preaching to us. And convinced me that all of the music I listened to was the devil. And I brought over my CDs to their house and broke them all. Because she had told me that's what I needed to do to cleanse my soul of the devil. These were good CDs, y'all. I'm not talking about like Little Kim up in here. Although eventually I did buy Little Kim a CD. Just side note. I'm talking about like in sync and stuff like that, but that was the devil's music, and I needed to listen to Christian music. Wild. I fully regret this decision because I'm like, those were really good CDs. I wish I had them today because I would cherish them. Anyways, broke all my CDs. I remember she convinced me to steal my sister's mood ring because she was absolutely fucking convinced that it was possessed. And she put it in holy water. And it's probably sitting in her kitchen in holy water to this day. I guarantee. I remember uh, my Catholic baptism was not enough. I need to get baptized again. Uh, and I, during this time, during the years I lived in Florida, I went to a lot of churches, y'all. A lot of different denominations. So people were like, oh, well, you should try this denomination because it's better than those other denominations. No, I tried a lot of them. There are hypocritical, mean, and hateful people in all denominations. All the ones that tried, Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, uh, Presbyterian, Catholic, like, I'm telling you, the Pentecostal ones, that was some wild shit. Okay, maybe you believe in speaking in tongues. And I spoke in tongues, or at least I thought I did, because, like, it's kind of, how do I put it? Catchy, I guess. And you feel like this pressure to do it. Like it's, and you're just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I don't remember. Um, it's like, oh my God, you're feeling the Holy Spirit. And now looking back, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just made up a bunch of syllables because that's what I felt like I needed to do. Uh, I just don't know. And I felt like, you know, I got, Eventually, I got to the point where I was jaded, not only because of the really, like, 
negative experiences I had with a lot of judgment as a teenager. Again, instead of people looking and saying, this teenager has something wrong and needs help, I was being judged. I was being told I was evil. I, all these things. I, you know what? This whole like mental illness thing that makes you evil, even though I wasn't diagnosed with mental illness, but I had a lot of symptoms. That's very crazy to me. That's just wild, wild. Anyways, I mean, I could go more in depth about like the crazy ass shit that went on and the things that were said to me. But like to have adults, like full grown adults tell you that you're a bad person and you're a bad kid and you're going to hell. Like I was a teenager. Like I was a teenager. Speaking of being teenagers. When I moved back up to New York, okay, so my parents divorced when I was 13. I moved to Florida with my dad, and then, like, he kicked me out, and then I moved back up to New York. He kicked me out because he read my diary, didn't like some of the things it said, didn't believe I got raped, all this stuff. Anyways, I, like, did not go back to church. I did not because I had had such bad experiences and such judgment. And let me tell the icing of, on the cake, I got pregnant as a teenager. Most of you probably know that by now. My daughter's 19. I'm 36. Do the math. Anyways, my religious grandfather calls my mom and tells her I need to get an abortion. Mind you, my body, my choice. I chose to have her. I was given the choice to have her or not. And my mom's like, no. And he's like, it's going to bring a stain on our family We don't want this sort of thing. It is bad for us. You know, we're going to be judged and I don't want the church to feel this way about me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, you're going to tell me, mind you, I'm pretty sure you're against abortion. But in this case, to save your reputation, it can't happen. Dude, we're like, like, I barely knew my grandfather. I'm like on my dad's side. Nobody's going to know that your granddaughter got pregnant as a teenager. No, they're not. So continues. I continue to see very hypocritical things, including somebody telling me I couldn't, I was not allowed to vote for Obama. I didn't have my license at the time because I had a DWAI, which, uh, while in New York, well, that's what I got. That's what I ended up getting. Um, it's driving while ability impaired. You can get it if you are, um, driving while you're sleepy, whatever. I was drinking and driving and that my DWI got reduced to DWAI because I'm pretty sure I I blew just over the limit. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Not, no excuse, no excuse. Bad, bad behavior, bad behavior. Um, manic, manic episode. I know that now. Anyways, so where was it going with I did not have my license because I couldn't afford to pay the fines. And they won't give you back your license unless you pay these fines. We're talking about like $1,000 in fines right here. Who has that kind of money? I did not. I did not in my early 20s. So I didn't have my license. And so I relied on my significant other at that time to make sure I got somewhere to vote. And I was told I couldn't, by one of his family members, that I could not vote for Obama because he was the Antichrist. Not kidding you. 
And they started telling me all these Bible verses, why he's the Antichrist. I'm pretty sure we've realized Obama is not the Antichrist, but here we are. So I wasn't allowed to vote for Obama because he's the Antichrist. Also another warning sign, like, y'all, holy crap. Seeing a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of cherry picking, a lot of, and I have read the Bible and I'm like, this is not what it says or it says that, but then it also says this. It's very contradictory if you've read the whole thing. And at this point in time, I have talked to so many people about God that I'm like, I don't, I would rather go to hell than be part of this hateful, vengeful, vengeful God you all have created that I'm going to go to hell for everything. And, you know, that God hates you and is going to spite you and all these things and this fear about it. I'm like, oh, my! if there is a God and that's what that God's like, I would rather go to hell. That may be very offensive to people. I'm just putting it out there. So I'm very jaded. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I not, I did not, uh, no, I didn't. And I continue to see it during my adulthood, these people who claimed they were really good Christians went to church on Sundays and then Monday through Saturday would do some awful stuff very and say hateful things, like be very bigoted and treat people like crap and like make comments about like people on welfare and homeless people. And I'm like, Jesus would have helped them. I truly, okay, y'all might think I'm crazy, but I think Jesus was a real person. I just think he got, like, conflated. Because we just ha we have to remember, the Bible was written by human beings who claimed they heard the this information from God. Okay, let's just start there. It's also been translated, like, a bazillion times. And if you're familiar with foreign languages at all, you may understand that sometimes there are not words that coincide directly with other words. So then you have to pick a word that's similar. Well, imagine something being translated a bazillion times and you have a bunch of words that were translated into similar things, but not the same. So now it's not even saying the same thing. There were monarchies and you know, priests and all sorts of kind of people who literally changed it, took out pieces, put in pieces because they felt that it fulfilled their agenda. So anyways, I'm just saying that the Bible is not the original Bible. That's where I'm going with that. So anyways, I believe Jesus was a real person um, and did really good things for people. Like, I, I believe that. And if people love Jesus and they believe in Jesus, Jesus loved everybody. He hung out with the people who were not like the society deemed unworthy, like prostitutes and homeless people. Like he loves people. Good dude. And made water into wine. So it makes him an even better dude, in my opinion. So... <laughs> You have all these people saying they love Jesus <laughs> and not at all uh, enacting what, like, like embracing who he was. He, by the way, let's just say Jesus wasn't white. 
a lot of people in the Bible were not white. If you think about where the Bible took place, not white people. But Jesus has been whitewashed. I remember my grandmother had white Jesus on her wall. I thought Jesus was white until I learned this as an adult. And I was like, oh, that makes total sense. He's brown. Brown Jesus. But, you know, you got white Jesus everywhere. It's wild. Wild stuff. And people think, like, God's white. I'm pretty sure magical person does not have a color, but whatever. That's a whole different story. So I'm seeing, like, as I'm being an adult, I'm seeing, like, this homophobic, this anti-immigrant, this anti-homeless, anti-welfare, like, you know, bigoted stuff. Phobia, phobia, phobia coming out of Christians who claim, like, I am a good person. I was even told not too long ago that I'm going to burn in hell because I'm a bisexual. Not even kidding you. I was great. It was a stranger on the internet (laughs) telling me. And I was like, hey, uh, don't throw stones. She's like, don't tell me what the Bible says. I'm like, ma'am, I have probably read that sucker more than you have. You're just picking. You you want to fight? I will start throwing out Bible verses here and we can fight about it. But she was like, Jesus would not approve of your lifestyle. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he would. But hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat. So, it, you know, just over the years, I have g- built up this disdain for this religion because it, it had... People, it has turned people into some really horrible individuals. Again, not all Christians. I know. I'm not bashing on you. And I understand at this point in time, you may feel like it's an attack because Christianity is a salient part of your identity. Anytime somebody pushes against a salient form of our identity that is perceived as an attack on us instead of the institution, I understand, logically, social psychology here. I understand completely. I am not attacking you unless you specifically fit the criteria that I am talking about. And then if the shoe fits, you wear that, strap it up, like tie it up, whatever. Put that sucker right on your foot. But if you do not fit this criteria then what of it? And people are like, oh my God, all these religions are becoming, or all these religious people are becoming more woke. No, they're becoming more informed. And instead of just drinking the Kool-Aid and going by what they've heard previously, they're actually taking a critical look at their religion and their Bible and saying, hey, 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 we got this wrong. Um, and I believe, okay, if you're going to preach at me and cherry pick the Bible and tell me certain parts are true, then I sure hope you're following the rest of it. Because unless your hands are clean, you don't talk to me about sinning. Don't talk to me. Are you wearing mixed, mixed up fibered clothing? Check out the Bible for information on whether you should be wearing that or not. I mean, in the Bible, there's like rape and murder and like all this really horrible stuff going on again not judging if you believe 
But I'm just saying, like, take a critical look at this. I don't I'm not saying, like, don't be a Christian. I'm just saying, like, take a critical look at what is going on. So I had all these experiences. Like, I will say the defining one was my uncle being backed up by the church. And then as a teenager being judged um, for the things that went on with me. uh, Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm talking about my mental illness. I'm talking about being raped. I'm talking about all the things that went on when I was a teenager that I'm being told I'm going to burn in hell over. I needed help. I was like, I needed help. Somebody needed to get me help and not tell me that I am possessed. Literally was told I was possessed, okay, by the devil. I don't know. Like, I don't know I was possessed about over, I, I don't remember, it was the devil or demons or whatever. I'm pretty sure at one point in time, somebody, like, legit said a specific name for a demon that I was possessed by. So I'm being told I'm possessed as a teenager, being judged, being told I need an abortion by somebody who was anti-abortion uh, because the church would look down on you, whatever. I would go to hell. I'm pretty sure if you believe that, then okay. Seeing people throughout my childhood and adolescence and like being super like these Christians who go to church every Sunday and sometimes on Wednesdays and whatever and claim they love God and then being super hateful, super judgmental, all of these things. It's just baffling to me. And I'll tell you, it has amped up since 2016. If we do not know, if you do not know, there are radicalized Christians who are trying to run this country and we are headed straight for, you know, the handmaid's tale here. (laughs) Some crazy stuff is going down in the name of God. I want to point something out, okay? In the Bible, it talks about the Antichrist will make you wear their their symbol on your forehead. There's a red hat that says, make America great again, that you wear. And guess where that goes? Right on your forehead. I'm, I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. What I'm saying is you tell me Obama's the Antichrist, but then you you support Trump maybe there's something you should look into there. You know, I'm just saying, like, there was no symbols or anything like that. There was actually no reason to call Obama the Antichrist except for the fact that he was black. Let's be honest, these people were racist as fuck. Just putting it out there. Again, I I mean, I'm not going to claim that I'm not judgmental. I absolutely am judgmental. Like, we all are. We can't claim we're not. Like, no matter the best people in the world, still pass judgment. It is a natural reaction to the world. Now that judgment can be good, bad. It's really important that people don't harm people because they judge them or go out of their way to make the person's life uncomfortable. That's what I'm talking about. But since 2016, it has only amplified and I have so remember the girl I told you her mom like kind of brainwashed me and made me break all my CDs I had to like delete her off Facebook 
because of her, she has become like probably to the level of her mom. Um, she was saying some very hateful, bigoted things. And I was like, okay, well, you claim you're a, you're, you know, you love Jesus and all these things. And you're going to say all of this hateful stuff. Even I've heard people who say they love Jesus and talk horribly about Middle Eastern people. And I'm like, okay, well, you obviously don't know where certain areas of the country are and how Jesus would have been one of those people. I saw somebody make a good point that Jesus would be turned away at the border if he were to be resurrected, like if he were to come back today, he wouldn't be welcome in America. And I truly believe that. I do. I truly believe that. So I've just seen this amplify. I was already like, you know, I was already jaded and walked away from the church like long before 2016. I don't, how old was I last time I went to church? I don't know. 16, 18, something like it has been a while, y'all. I mean, I've gone to church for weddings. Hello. I mean, I'm not going to burn walking into a church. I met my spouse at a wedding that he had to sit me at my seat when he, like, in a church. So, anyways, it's continued. So, I stopped going to church a long time ago. And I was probably in my 20s when I stopped identifying as a Christian. And it's just gotten worse. Now, again, I know some really amazing Christians and some of them get kind of upset with me when I speak my truth um, about what I've been through. Again, this is just an overview of the crazy stuff that I've experienced. There's, there's like some I could I could go into detail about the things that I was told and the things that were done and, you know, scary stuff. It's actually kind of terrifying. Um, but do you have like several hours to listen to that? No, probably not. But it's gotten so worse. These people who claim to be Christians, just such hatred, such judgment, such bigotry, like, so bad. And again, I know that's not all Christians. I know some really great Christians, but 90% of the Christians I've met have not been good Christians and who they have fit the criteria of hateful and spiteful and everything. Like, it is sad and a scary place to be. Mind you, in the United States, there's separation of church and state, so we shouldn't have people using their beliefs to make laws for other people because it's, I don't believe that. It's not fair to me that just because you believe a certain way that it should impact me in my life. It's not fair. You think homophobia is a sin? I should still, if something happened to my spouse per se, be able to be in a relationship with a woman without you making a law. That's, it's illegal. <clears throat> I When I say you, I don't mean you specifically as in the audience. I mean you as this people out there, you know. 
Um, that's who I'm talking about. Not you specifically as the listener. You know, you think that abortion is a sin and it's murder. Cool. Don't have one. But just because you believe that doesn't mean I should have to follow it. See what I'm saying is like, I can respect people's religion until that religion causes harm to other people. I'm a firm believer in you do you unless you're you doing you causes harm to other people, physically, mentally, emotionally, all of those things. Like you should not be able to cause harm to other people. It just shouldn't like no matter what it, I, it doesn't. And I mean people outside of the body. I don't mean clumps of cells. I mean, living, breathing human beings outside of the body. And we should be caring about those living, breathing human beings outside of the body. If, if people, like, again, like they claim that Christianity is supposed to be your loving and all this. It's weird. It's kind of like a cognitive dissonance because you're like, it, you hear like, oh, so loving. I have this loving God, but then everybody's going to burn in hell and all the things you do and... You know, blah, blah, blah. And like you need to, you know, do all these things so you don't burn in hell because otherwise you're going to be punished. And I'm just like, this does not make sense. You got like, oh, it's loving and caring. And then it's like, you're going to hell. And it's just, you know, it just doesn't make, it doesn't align. Um, loving and caring, I don't think equates to going to hell. But honestly, considering the amount of things I've heard that, that, could make me go to hell and I'm you know if there's a hell and this is all true I'm probably going there um that's gonna be like a good time because I know a lot of really cool people who are gonna go there too (laughs) most people I know are going there if all the things are true like that are said (laughs) uh yeah so that's my church trauma It's just an overview. And it's just the things I've seen and experienced personally. Imagine some, imagine being told over and over again that you're going to hell or that you're possessed or that you brought on to yourself like all the horrible things that happened to you because you weren't a good enough person. Like that is horribly traumatic. Not to mention, you know, being molested at church and things like that and having your molester literally be like said that he's innocent because he's a man of God like or having to break all of your CDs because you're convinced that you're going to hell if you listen to secular music or like stealing your sister's mood ring because you're you've been convinced that it's possessed so I've been possessed your mood rings been everybody's possessed it's Some wild shit, y'all. And so again, I know good Christians. And if that if that is your belief, I fully respect that as long as you are not harming you as an audience members now. As long as you are not harming other individuals, I we all need something to believe in, right? And and it actually logically makes sense from like a social psychology perspective. So 
that's a, that's my story. I hope you enjoyed. I hope nobody got offended. Again, unless you fit the criteria of the horrible Christians that I mentioned, the bigot, the hateful, the not supporting other humans, the telling people they're going to hell, the saying people are possessed when they're mentally ill, all of these things. By the way, Christian conversion camps are still a thing and they are awfully traumatic and also awfully harmful and just putting that out there it's actually legal in like half of the states so that's kind of terrifying so unless you fit those criteria i'm not talking about you but if you do fit those criteria maybe you need to rethink your life decisions i'm just saying all right y'all i hope you enjoyed this i hope you have a wonderful day Please check out all of our different, you know, episodes. There's categories on the website. So if you're looking for specific information, there you go. Lace it. Go for it. I don't know why I said lace it, but go for it. Enjoy. Again, I hope y'all do not think I'm hating on you. I would hope that my audience are made up of amazing human beings. That's, that's my hope, even though I don't know all of you. Um, that is my hope. All right. I will talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.